Welcome to the Courtside Culture Podcast, where we talk about using communication and the power of positive psychology to build a great team culture. Hello and welcome to the Courtside Culture Podcast. I'm Dave Grinzinski, and today we're talking to Camille Romy, also known as the Learning Mom. She's been schooled in psychology and is now out there helping parents by providing them strategies to get the most out of their children when it comes to education. Camille, let me first thank you for joining us here on the Courtside Culture Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So now, I think any member of the PPC, here on the Courtside Culture Podcast, we talk a lot about the PPC, parents, players, and coaches. Mm -hmm. I think any member of the PPC would agree that getting it done in the classroom is a huge part of building a good team culture. And I'm glad you're here because I think you're going to not only have some great advice for parents, but coaches and students as well. I think I think parents, I mean, you don't even have to be a student athlete to benefit from some of the things you're going to hear from Camille today. Now, but before we get into all of that, my first question for you is, how did you end up doing what you're doing today? That's a fantastic question. Uh, I'm a non-traditional student, and what um, I like to take a very broad definition of that. I think anyone who has a significant responsibility outside the classroom, be it uh, being a student athlete, being a caregiver, being employed, that impacts your academics. I don't care how smart you are in one way or another, it's going to have an impact on your academics. So I wound up here because, um, not because I'm a student athlete, but because I'm a parent. So when I was, uh, I left a successful career and went back to, back to school to pursue my own education. And in doing so, I was under the very false impression that my life experience alone would carry me through to the good grades that I was seeking. And it wasn't just that I wanted good grades. I needed stellar grades. That did not happen. (laughs) So it wasn't until I had uh, my son that I became obsessed with learning how to learn. Why was it that um, it seemed like a lot of my peers who didn't have as much going on in their personal lives, they were able to um, come out with these incredible grades and I was working my butt off and not seeing the same results. So um, once I find, I was able to actually grab, boost my GPA up from a, from a 2.3 to now a 4.1. That's while um, volunteering, that's while raising my son and nursing, uh, still exercising regularly, taking care of, you know, a household, all the things. And I had an abundance of time and I had stellar grades in less time. So I was so excited about these results. I was so pumped. So I started sharing study tips and hacks on my Instagram account. And it became very popular and I got tons of questions on there. Um, Students were asking me how to manage their schedules better. How, you know, can you teach me how to speed read? Can you teach me how to do this? So I did and I got certified as a life coach. And now I coach students how to not only manage their time better because you and I know 
athletics takes up an insane amount of not only fit like amount of time the day, but a lot of brain cycles throughout the day. So even though maybe they're sitting in the classroom, they might be thinking about um, how excited or nervous they are about an upcoming game or whether or not they've practiced enough. So now I coach students how to get the insanely high grades that they are actually truly capable of, despite maybe having less time, despite maybe having uh, diagnosed ADD or ADHD, whatever is going on in their lives, we tailor a study uh, study plan around their strengths and then we put it to the test and we tweak as we go and as new things come up, um, we tackle those head on and it is so fun. I absolutely love what I do. So essentially... You're, you're, what you're doing now is you're coaching overwhelmed students yes. right, who are juggling life inside and outside of school, and you help them boost their grades. Now, you have what you call your signature NTA process. Now, you don't have to give away all your secrets, but can you give us an idea of what the NTA process is? Absolutely, and that stands for non-trad accelerator, as in non-traditional student um, accelerator. So that has five main pillars. Uh, because I don't like to give people just study strategies. Like you can give someone the best tools in the world, and if they don't have the mindset or the belief that they're even capable of achieving their goals, it's not going to work. So first, we tackle, um, we do a deep dive into mindset and challenge any limiting beliefs that are holding them back. Um, for example, um, I'm a slow reader, or I hate math. <laughs> I I don't know how to, I can't do physics. We tackle those head on, and we we just obliterate those limiting beliefs. Then we look at optimizing the time that they do have. So we only have control, especially in high school over so much of, uh, and and college over so much of your schedule. So we work with the time that you've got with the attention span that you've got. The next pillar is, um, is finances. And for a lot of high school students, that, that means needing to secure academic scholarships. So you could be the best. You could be the best basketball player in in the whole state, but you still need to have a certain requirement of grades in order to not only qualify for those scholarships, but to maintain them as well once you are in school. So we look at, you know, do we need to do anything now to ensure that you've um, that you've got the funding in place that you need to get the education that you want? Then it, we go deep into study strategies. That's the next pillar. Study like we, I teach you everything from how to answer a multiple choice test. Um, even if you don't know, you know, potentially the answer to the question, the content, we can still walk you through determining what a healthy uh, potential answer is versus an unhealthy one. Um, we go, that's just an example. Everything you could possibly need, every skill you could possibly need to excel academically, we do in that study skills module. And the final, um, the final pillar is consistency. Now that you have the tools, we're making sure that once the novelty of a new semester, once things start getting tough, once things get really hard and things start going wrong, that you're able to still thrive within that. So that's the signature NTA process, non-trad accelerator process. That's um, mindset, time optimization, financing, study skills, and consistency. So is this something that you developed 
on your own as you were going through your struggles or how did you, how did this process come about? Absolutely. So I, in my, in my obsessions over, over learning how to study, I found tons of fantastic resources that taught study skills and it was fantastic. I learned so much and I get to share that with my clients now. However, they lacked the other components or I had to go look elsewhere for them. And for a lot of students, they could, they already did have the study skills, but they didn't have the confidence. They didn't have the beliefs. They weren't optimizing their time well. It was these other components that were taking away from the skills that they already had. So they weren't even able to apply them well. And that's where a lot of my life coaching skills come in from my own personal work and if you if you want to get something done ask a busy person is is something that um that i like to reference back to once you these these are these are not just high school skills these are not just university skills these are life skills and i love getting to watch my clients carry these on throughout their lives now well and you know as you're talking i'm sitting here thinking how you know, a, a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast to always kind of tie back to psychology. And I could imagine that once you develop this process and then you, you put it into play, that your mental health probably improved as well, which then probably help you know, reverts back and helps you get the things that you need to get done done am i am i on the right track tremendously tremendously and this applies to to anything like you can imagine um you could give uh, a basketball player you can show them the technique of the um how to shoot the perfect three-pointer every time and you can show them once and that's great but if they don't believe if they don't think that they can do it, they're not going to do it. Their mind is going to hold them back from doing it. Or maybe if they get it once, they might think, oh, well, that was a fluke. There's no way I can do it again. Yeah, it, it all comes back to mindset. And then there's that ripple effect. It get They get to carry that on into so many aspects of their lives. Well, and you touched on it too, you know, saying that this goes beyond really, you know, like, classroom education, whether on the high school level or, or the college level. I mean, I, I can see a coach sitting down and reviewing your process and implementing, taking your process and implementing that process in their own way, whether it be a coach or it could be, you know, a manager at a business or, you know, or even a, even a business owner. I can see this, uh, you know, spreading across so many different entities. Have you seen that as you've gone along and, and, uh, and helped people? I see it in every single client of mine. Absolutely. Every single one, because especially with the time component, once you learn to leverage your time, then you're spending less time banging your head against a textbook that you are dreading to read in the first place. Now you get to spend that, that difference in time doing what you love, resting, making incredible connections with your loved ones. You know, it's, it, it's everything. <laughs> it, it benefits everything. Well, and, you know, the other thing, I'm, I'm thinking about here is, you know, I'm, you compare, you know, and pe- people might say, oh, well, you know, a high school kid, that's so different than, you know, being a work, you know, a mom who's trying to work and go to school and at the same, you know, and, and here's the thing. I, and I, 
what what affects a high school kid, you know, it it has such I'm trying to think like it doesn't see as you get older, you know, you can look back on it and and you can tell you could say to yourself, yeah, that is such not a big deal. But at the time for them, it's a big deal. I remember I had a conversation with a parent. Um, this was probably a couple of years ago about something that that was happening with the with the kid. And, you know, and they even said to me, they were like, well, the thing is, like, in a couple of years, it's just not going to matter. And I said, yes, but it matters now. And so, you know, to, to that, to, you know, to a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, 15 year old kid, you know, like the, the things we know, when we look back on it, we're like, yeah, the same thing happened to us. And I thought it was such a huge man. That girl just ripped my heart out. She wouldn't go with me to the dance. And man, oh man, I locked myself in my room for three days or you know, whatever it is. When you look back on it, you're like, eh, yeah, it's probably better off anyway. But at the time, you know, you just, like you said, you thought your life experience was going to help you. These kids, you know, when we're kids, we don't have that life experience to fall back on. And I can see a system like yours maybe helping kids along, you know, it, it, when they come into these situations that, that are just, that seem overwhelming and overbearing for them, you know, as kids. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. You nailed it. And I would love to add to it the limiting beliefs that we have later on in adulthood, um, just trying to relate it back to um, academics and athleticism, athleticism, the belief that, for example, I'm not fast or I'm not competitive enough. I hate math. I'm not, I'm not good at writing. If you try and imagine the first time you experienced that thought, that you had proof of that thought, that yes, you know, maybe you're not as fast as the other kids in your class, or you're not, you didn't score as high as the other people in your class. The first time you had those thoughts, that you had evidence of that, was probably in high school or earlier in your life. This is such a magical time in a person's development where we have far more leverage than you do later on in life because now we get to change shift, reframe these limiting beliefs before they have cascading effects for these people later on down the line. And see, that's where I think, you know, parents and especially coaches can can step back and, and look at what you're doing and apply it to to what they're doing as well. You know, they, they can apply it in their own lives if they need to organize, you know, their, their busy schedules, especially, you know, a lot of coaches or teachers and, you know, they, you know, and, and, you know, they're running off the practice and they're trying to take care of all their, you know, just trying to organize their time a little bit better, but also, you know, looking at it from that perspective of, look, these kids, you know, these are, these are kids with not a ton of life experience and I can really set them up to win for the rest of their lives or, you know, because we've had guests on the show who've, who've talked about, you know, really bad experiences and they still talk about it today, mm-hmm. man. Like, you know, it is, it totally affects them, you know? And so that's why, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, we connected because I just, I appreciate taking, you know, just a different look at the same subject and, and trying to hopefully, you know, get people to understand that it really all applies. And so, you know, like using your process and, and, and looking at it, I just think that, you know, coaches and I'm, I'm throwing to, I look, I pick on everybody here, you know, parents too, you know, to, to be able to, to understand, you know, 
how impactful your words and your actions can be on a on a teenage teenager you know when when things maybe aren't going quite the way they planned am i you know am i okay in saying that does does it all tie mm-hmm. in the same way mm-hmm. yeah you 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 nailed it absolutely and you know so i know on your website thelearningmom.net you have a ton of information on there can you talk about some of the resources that you provide that that you know parents players coaches everybody can take advantage of. Yeah, I have a lot of free downloadable resources. I've got um, a few videos on there, everything from how to overcome academic setbacks to uh, there's a few free webinars where they can watch. Um, I've got, you know, straight A's in three days is is a popular one or um, skyrocket your GPA. But I've also got a lot of downloadable study planners, exam planners, um, how to finance your education, spreadsheets. Um, but if you, I th- if you're, if you're really interested in finding more, um, I've got a few, uh, kind of do it yourself programs too, over on nontradaccelerator.com on there, you can find other, you know, kind of do it yourself, how to speed read, or, um, you know, just the study skills, that kind of thing. Uh, if you're interested in working with me, um, parents, coaches can go to nontradaccelerator.com backslash academic coaching, academic dash coaching. I'll, I'll send you the link for that. But that gives you a lot of information on what working with me, with, you know, the student can look like. And I am more than happy. There's a link right there where you can book uh, a free discovery session and we can talk about your individual child's needs, where they're at, where they're struggling, where they need um, some extra help beyond beyond just the parents. One thing you said earlier that I, I want to make sure I don't forget to ask you about. Now, when you said you you were going to go back to school, you felt like your life experience, and I honestly, I have the same thought. Like, I was like, man, if I ever went back to school, it'd be so easy now. Like, I mean, I, I've worked all these years. I got all this life experience, you know, but you said it actually didn't help you. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? Oh my gosh, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that life experience. So bear in mind, I had a very successful career as a creative director at the time. So I knew how to um, how to manage people, some like very specific programming, web development, um, that had nothing to do with biochemistry. That had nothing to do with memorizing physics formulas or calculus. Um, And I felt as though a lot of my peers, and I had evidence of this, that my peers who were typically fresh out of high school they remembered their grade 12 math because that was just three months ago for a lot of them. Uh, That was not the case for me. It had been nearly a decade since I had left high school. So, and, and I have to say, even when I was in school, um, it's, it's honestly a miracle that I passed. Uh, I was not an academic individual. I had very little interest in school. I did the bare minimum. So I, I honestly never built study skills. I was, I, I kind of glanced over at my peers and said, okay, they're making flashcards. I should be making flashcards. Well, this, these people have like seven different colored pens. I should probably have eight different colored pens when I'm taking my notes. 
and I was trying to do what was working for others. And I honestly have no proof that, that it was working for them too, other than the class average versus my grade. Uh, so I, I didn't know what worked for me. And I needed and, to go through but, that process of discovery, you know, trial and error for a while and finding out what are the strategies that are out there. Well, and, and it sounds like you did. I mean, I give you credit because, you know, I, I think a, a lot of times uh, people could give up, right? I mean, you might say this was a horrible idea. <laughs> you know, I probably should have never done this, you know, and just, you know, turn, take your ball and go home, right? But but you were able to, to step back and, and figure out a way, you know, to get it done. And that's why, you know, I think all of this, it, it's so great for, for the people who listen to this podcast, the players, the, the coaches and the parents to hear, because, you know, there, there are a number of different ways to achieve your goals, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that I think is, is very intriguing with you is the fact that you were, you're a creative director, you're managing people. So I think you can speak to how going through the, you know, whether it's the NTA process or using some of the other resources on, on, on one of your sites and, and developing, you know, kind of your own style as how to, you know, how to achieve your goals and, and, and handle, you know, the issues that, that come along with, you know, those roadblocks that, that get in the way of your goals. Like, I, I think it's, you could really speak to the culture part of it and what it can do, whether it's an in, you know, and, and we, we don't like to, you know, talk too much about individuals, but it's the individuals that make up the team. So if you have one or two kids who are struggling in the classroom and they're bringing it to practice or they're you know, bringing it and they're not concentrating and doing what they're supposed to be doing, it's eventually going to affect the whole team. Can you speak to that about how, when you have everything kind of organized in your life, how much, how much better a teammate you can become to the other people around you? Absolutely. I think that I could go on about this for a long time, but the biggest impact that it has is your presence. You're because you're not stressing because your mind isn't wandering elsewhere. You get to be fully present in the moment. You get to bring your best self to the game. You get to bring your best self to the practice. You notice those around you more. So you get to say, oh, something's something's off with this teammate. I'm gonna I'm gonna check in and see if they're okay. Whereas if you were busy in your head, you wouldn't even notice you wouldn't notice what's going on around you or what's going on around with your peers. And I, you know, as you say that, I think about the coaches as mm -hmm. well, right? If they, you know, if their mind is not focused on their players they might miss something too right kids got something going on maybe there's a bigger you know maybe there's something bigger going on in their lives that and that's why they're coming to practice and struggling a little bit um would 100%, you agree 100 percent. and and so did so you know do you did you experience um do you have, i mean and again i don't want you you know giving away names or anything but have you seen uh this kind of play out where maybe whether it was an employee that, that you were working with or, you know, maybe somebody, you know, one of your clients where, you know, they were just when, when they came to you or maybe you, you noticed that they were just not there. They were off a little bit and then you implemented some of your strategies and how they were able to come out of it. Do you have any success stories like that? I see that. I see that all the time with my one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, an example being um, another student mom 
client of, or no, I'm going to use a different example. Um, one of my clients is a, in, um, so I coach, I coach a huge spectrum of, um, people in academia and because she was finally able to get her time back and it was more than her time. It was her sanity because she was working her butt off around the clock at a very low productive level. So once we got down to it, it was costing her, her relationships. And once we were able to gain that time back for her, she and her confidence just went through the roof. She finally got to have the relationship with her partner that she had, you know, that they had at the beginning of their relationship. They got that spark back and her relationships with her friends and her parents has, has increased tenfold easily. She's finally enjoying the process now instead of surviving it. I love the fact that you, I mean, you are, you're mm -hmm. a coach and, and obviously, you know, we talk a lot about coaching on this podcast and for you as a coach, I mean, how critical, how important is it for you to be able to recognize what each of your individual clients need? I mean, there's really no, you know, there's not a broad stroke approach to this, right? Everybody is mm -hmm. different, correct? And so you have to approach everybody differently. Can you speak to, to that? Because I just think about a team of kids, right? Or, or you know, or whether it's a, a you know, a room, for, for a room full of employees and you're the manager, right? And you have all these different personalities to deal with. You don't deal with everybody the same way. Can you kind of talk about that and how, you know, just how critical it is to be able to recognize, you know, the different approaches you need to take. With yeah, people. that is non-negotiable. Absolutely non-negotiable. Everyone learns so differently. And not only do we learn differently in general, we learn different content in different ways. So for example, you can probably think um, of a time in your own head, you probably read a comic book differently than you would a romance novel versus a physics textbook. It's all asking you the same skill of reading and maybe comprehension if you were wanting to um, retell that story to someone at the end. But how you're approaching that content is completely different one to the next. It's the same in academia. It's, it's, and, it, and it changes so vastly from different people. And it's gonna, it's gonna be different from at the high school level versus the undergrad level masters and, and onwards, right? Everyone's situation is so different and they're how much they can dedicate to their academics. So, um, and it, it's, it's all so fluid. I can look back at my own study routines and how it's, it's changes with, with all the different seasons of life. Um, I'm, I'm thinking back to when I first started on this journey, um, I was getting up in the middle of the night repeatedly to nurse my nurse my newborn. That was some that was study time. I could, I could get you know I could do certain content in there. I knew my limits. Um, you know I could maybe read some assigned reading from an English class or psychology, um, but I knew I wasn't going to approach OCHEM in the middle of the night while nursing my newborn. Um, and then you know later on that changes. Now that time has shifted to a different period of the day, and I can focus on different content. 
it's it's ever-changing and that's so fascinating and fun yeah and, and you're right and hopefully you know that i think coaches and and i just look back on like you know i i i have i've had the opportunity to manage people too and i just look back on it and 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 they're they're the personalities and it's just they're so they can be complex there's some you know there's some of the people that are super easy to work with i mean even today i you know i can i can talk about talk about it you know but i just think that that that's something that you know, coaches really need to, to, to recognize the fact that, you know, yeah, sure. Okay. They're all, they're all high school juniors. They're all high school seniors, but they each and every one of them is so different. And I, you know, I would just think of, you know, think about my own kids. I mean, you know, they grew up in this, I would think about me and my brother, my sister, like we all grew up in the same house. We all heard the same things from our parents. We all, you know, yeah, but we are all completely different people, you know? And so, um, you know, I just think that is, it's such, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't know if it's something that, that is innate, but it's something that I think if you're managing people, I think you really have to want to learn how to appreciate the different personalities of people and then be That's able to manage That's a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah. So, one of the th- well, I like the f- the way that you that you you talked about content and in in what sooner when you say content, I start thinking about technology. And one of the things that got me thinking about is just how kids today, you know, they're all yeah we we get it. They're on the phones all the time. They're you know they're always staring at a screen or something. But I think what and I, and this happened. This is a personal thing um, with me. I, I was surprised because. Um, I was surprised to learn, like, I don't know if kids, like, as, as good as we think they are at the te- at technology, they're good at they're good at things that maybe we're not good at. But I don't think they're as good at things, you know, that like like even like looking something up. Okay, you could say Google it, but then being able to take that information and apply it to what it is they need. And so that's that's what happened with me. You know, it was it was it, it was hey, work, you know, the question was work, you know, where can I get information on this? And I'm like, well, you start with Google, you know. And then but it but it, it's like that that was one step, but then it was like, okay, well now what do I do with this information? My question, my build up with all that is to you. It's like how has technology changed the way we learn whether it's you know the non-traditional student or you know whether it's high school even just your traditional college students what are your thoughts on that how has technology changed the game it's changed the game tremendously a lot of our textbooks are now online our testing is online especially as a result of the pandemic so much of our education has switched to online platforms and that works for a lot of people in different contexts. Others struggle with that. Um, when I'm when I'm thinking of my how I study, sometimes pen and paper is the best. Other times digital flashcards is has been a lifesaver for me. So it's it's difficult to sum up in in one way or another, but I would love to come back to what you mentioned about being able to, through critical thinking, being able to apply new content to novel situations. And I feel like that's probably the biggest leap for a lot of students going from 
the high school level to the college or university level of academia. A lot of high school requires um, what I like to call parroting. So, you know, you read in the textbook, um, the sky is blue, your teacher tells you the sky is blue, the, the test asks you the sky is blank, and then you fill in blue. That doesn't happen <laughs> beyond high school, or it would be so nice if it happened in life, but that, uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. That ability to think critically, you cannot, is, is at least not currently taught in the classrooms, not in, not in public education, which in my opinion is a big failing. And it's something that I is, is at the forefront of when I am coaching students, because that's, that's a skill that is, again, that's going to serve them in, in every aspect of their lives, being able to apply new content to novel situations in, in the real world, right? That's what we're, everything is trying to come back to is, okay, yeah, but how does this impact blank? How can we think of this in a new way? And technology has definitely allowed us to adapt completely new strategies, but the, the students will learn, um, especially at a college or university level, to go beyond Google when it comes to searching and find more reliable sources. So searching through, um, you know, literary journals, reading research articles, and then how to interpret that. That's a beautiful skill that they will definitely be um, forced to adapt to. And that doesn't come easy. That does not come easy for most. So a couple of things that that you get me thinking about and and, and you, you talk you, you talk about you know what what should or shouldn't be taught in school today and tying tying it into real life i can't understand and this is just this is just dave on his soapbox and i've been saying this for years people ask me what was the best class you ever took mm -hmm. like throughout your and without a doubt typing was the greatest class i ever took because it is really the only class that I ever took that I use every single you day. Are, oh. And and this was back before th this was back mm -hmm. before computers, you know? Like this is late 80s, you know? And and so I sit here and I go, we need typing now more than we have ever needed it before, and I don't know anybody who's 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 do, you know, typing to me should be re a requirement. Camille, why isn't typing you a requirement? You are preaching to the choir. I, I ask myself the same thing with like financial literacy. Why don't we learn how to do our taxes in school? Why don't we learn how to apply for a mortgage in school? Why don't we learn, you know, yeah, we could go on. <laughs> we could go on. Uh, yeah, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. So, and then the other thing, you know, like, like you talk about, and I agree, like, and when you go to Google and, and you, you type in, you know, whatever it is you need to, to look up, like as a student, you know, who again, doesn't have that life experience, you know, um, you get on there and you're like, okay, well, what do I do with this? Now you have to be able to discern what is probably going to lead you down the right path and what's going to lead you down the wrong path. Like clicking on a link to some, you know, crazy website on your topic, not going to work. But if you find a, a study like, you know, like you mentioned a journal or something with a study on the topic that you're talking about, there's a reliable source, you know, um, and being able to discern that. Now 
my point of bringing that up is like what you were talking about. One of the things that I love to do when I was coaching is, you know, I always preach about the why. And I think that's what you were, you were kind of getting at when you were, when you were talking about technology and using it and, and how, and getting, you know, getting the kids to understand, um, you know, the, the best approaches. And to me, the why is so critical. And, and so whether it's, you're teaching them a new play, right. And you say, you know, you know, we're going to have you go here and you go here. And if you leave it at that, they're just, you know, like you were talking about the parroting, they're going to say, well, coach said, I got to go there and he's got to go there. So that's the play is going to work. But if you, if you say you're going to go here and you're going to go here, and then you say, because when we do this, we spread out the defense and that gives our biggest player one-on-one advantage. And then they can turn and make an easy layup. And then they're like, Oh, okay. I get it now. I think adding the why to anything, especially with kids, you know, I think it helps so much. I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I guess, you know, just, to, and I think you were touching on it, but what are your thoughts on providing the why for kids and, you know, or, you know, your clients, even adults, you know, when, when you're trying to get them to learn something or, mm-hmm. or improve that's, themselves. That's non-negotiable. I, you've worded it beautifully. It, what it does is it gives them the power to think, to think independently, because that play is going to work, work really well as long as, one, every other member on the team remembers it, executes, and is, is, like, is, is capable of executing. But it also is dependent on the other team having set things up that way as well. That's that's not <laughs> that's that's rarely the case that it works out that perfectly right so by explaining the why and getting behind to the spirit of why that play is the way that it is you're giving them the power to then think critically and oh well this has changed but we can achieve the same result if you know we i move over here i switch here it's the same in any other aspect of life is you're empowering them to think critically, to think on their feet, to get the desired outcome. Yeah. And and that was my point in, you know, using the Google example where, you know, if they look something up and, you know, there might be a link to, you know, some article on a website versus a journal, you, you know, to explain to them, you, you would want to use the information out of the journal and here's why, (laughs) because, you know, these are, these are studies done by doctors that are, you know, or whatever done by experts, you know, that, that, you know, it is just going to be much better information. And so, so the same thing, you know, explaining, explaining the why and, you know, Camille, like this is, this is such great information. Is there anything else that I miss anything? There was, there something that I should have asked you that maybe I didn't, that you'd like to share with the audience when it comes to, you know, just, just what you do and how you help people. I think people. this has been such a, a beautiful conversation. I I would just love to leave leave your leave the students with this this reassurance that they are capable with the time that they have, with the brain that they have, with the skills that they have. They are capable of achieving whatever outcome they want. And it's, it can be a lot of fun. It can be way more funner with the right support, with the right mindset. And it's not only okay to ask for help, it's going to save you so much time. And yeah, let's, let's remember to have some fun on this journey. If it's, if you just did poorly on a test 
or you're so focused on one thing that it's costing you your sanity in other aspects, remember to come back to having fun. That is awesome advice. So once again, where can people find you, your resources, and the information? You know, yeah, how do they get in um, contact I'm with you? I'm very active on Instagram. You can find me. Uh, my username is the Learning Mom. Um, you can find lots of all my links are on there. Um, anyone who's interested in doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching with me can find me at uh, nontradaccelerator.com backslash academic dash coaching. I'll leave the link with you. And my group coaching program, which is a great way to get into things, um, you know, to get started, uh, that's just nontradaccelerator.com. Uh, that's currently open for applications now as well. That's awesome. Now, 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 the one thing I didn't ask you is, are you a big sports fan? Are you a sports fan? <laughs> I am. I always joke. I'm not. I'm not very much into sports ball. However, but let me let me rephrase that. I love being active. I love playing sports. I'm not good at it, but I know how to have fun doing it. And I love going to games as long as there's lots of popcorn involved. Okay, so one of the things that we do at the end of, of the podcast is now you said you like going to games. I always like to ask my guests, what's the, I, I call it, what's the coolest? What's the coolest place that you've gone to watch a game or no, maybe play? I knew this question was coming. Easy answer my living room. When my now toddler and I play games, um, you know, or us as a family, it is so fun. It is so fun playing in there and it's, yeah, it's, I just, it just lights me up thinking about it. Um, you know, watching him try and coordinate his body and my skills not being much, much more significant than his. We just, we just have so much fun together. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. See, that's why I love asking the question because the answer, it surprises me every single time. And I, you know, it's fun. And, and I think back to like when my kids were small, you know, some of the, you, you just reminded me of when, so my younger son had a oh whole my magic gosh, phase. That sounds amazing. And so, well, and what's funny is, you know, my older one, he, my wife would be at work and, and the younger one and I would, we'd be, we'd go to YouTube and look up magic tricks. And the only person we could, we could do them on was our, my older son. And so to this day, I think this is why he doesn't like magic so much. I think it's because of us, because, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd go into the computer room and then we'd come out and he'd be in the living room and be like, okay, we got another one for you. You know? And he'd be like, oh that man. Sounds, that sounds like <laughs> you know? such, such a cherished memory. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Oh you know, yeah, it's great. You know, so, but no, I could totally relate, you know, those, those, those moments in the, in the living room with the kids. I mean, you can't, I'm telling you, being a parent is like, I tell people it is the absolute hardest thing you could ever do, but it's the most fulfilling thing mm. you'll, you'll do. Mm -hmm. It is, it is something else. It'll get you to do things you never thought you would, you would do and meet people that you, you would never in a million years thought you'd meet and become friends with people that, that you never in a million years would, would have thought could become your friends. And so that's why I was so glad. I'm so glad you reached out and uh, I enjoyed our conversation and I really hope there's somebody out there that, that can benefit from, from what you. you're doing. Thank you so much. And I, and I completely second your statement there about parenting. 
I love it. It's hard, but it's uh, it is it is awesome. It just gives you the best, you know, the best of everything, you know, that I could ask for. So I, that's I will never never regret becoming a parent. Now, folks, hey, remember if you know a great coach who's out there doing great things, or maybe somebody like Camille who's out there helping people become better, right, at what they're trying to do and achieve their goals. We want to hear about them. We may even ask them to be a future guest on the podcast. You can reach out to me on Twitter at CourtsidePod1 and on Facebook and Instagram at Courtside Culture Podcast. Remember, folks, build your players' strengths, find them all a roll, and you'll take them from good to great. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Courtside Culture Podcast. And remember... Build the good in your players instead of focusing on repairing the bad. Find your players a role, each and every one of them, and take them from good to great. We'll see you next time.